The words for our meditation this morning are the words of our gospel lesson recorded for us in the Gospel of St. Luke, reading from the second chapter beginning at the 22nd verse. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul, too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She had never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying, Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. So the, the wait is finally over, right? As, as children, I'm sure you have received your presents, and I am sure that and all, with all the excitement that went along with it, parents, or if you don't have kids at home anymore, the, the, the time has finally come where all the busyness of the season is over. You can take a, a deep breath and And relax a little bit. Maybe you have this next week off from work, or or maybe it's a rather light week of work, just to, to, to relax a little bit as we wait for the new year. I imagine Mary and Joseph had a few moments like that in the days after Christmas as well, right? That the child had come, everything had gone okay, Mary was okay, Jesus was okay. They probably found some, a, a little bit more suitable place to stay other than a, a stable. They were able to catch their breath a little bit. Eight days later, eight days after the, the birth of Jesus, they would have had Jesus circumcised. That usually happened right in, in the home. 
And then we're told 40 days after that, 40 days after Christmas, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus head to Jerusalem. You remember Mary and Joseph, and well, Joseph himself was described as a righteous man, but boy, just from what you hear about how Mary interacts with the angel Gabriel and everything else you see about Mary, you could tell that both of them were not only well aware of the things that God had said in his word, but were, were righteous and devout believers. And so they knew that after the, the birth of a child, 40 days after the birth of a child, they would go to the temple in order to, to offer some purification sacrifices and rites in order to purify Mary so she could again worship her God. And so, 40 days after, after the, the birth of Jesus, Mary and Joseph head to Jerusalem. They would have, and we're told as they walked through the gates, they would have been heading for the Nicanor Gate. Now this outside here was called the, the Temple or the, the Court of Women. And that's where the, the, the women would come and they would bring their, their, in Mary's case, doves to give to the priest. And they, the women could stand at the gate here and watch as their offering was offered on the, the large altar. We're told that as they entered the gates surrounding the temple of Jerusalem, they met a man named Simeon. Simeon was an old man. An older man who was waiting for something. And today was the day. Simeon's wait was finally over. I kind of imagine him as an, an older gentleman who as he sees Mary and Joseph approach with a child, the Holy Spirit let him know that this was the, the, the child he had been waiting for. And you can imagine Simeon's excitement, right? As he, he takes Jesus from Mary and Joseph and he, he holds him in his arms and with tears in his eyes and joy in his heart, says the words that are recorded for us in our gospel lesson. Because finally for Simeon, the wait was over. And even though he had missed Christmas by 40 days, the Savior that God had promised was here in his arms. He had been waiting for the consolation of Israel, we are told. Do you know what consolation means? I think as a kid playing grade school basketball, I was probably more uh, aware of the consolation prize or the consolation half of the tournament rather than the champion side of the tournament. But consolation, that was the, the side where you lost a game and then you got to keep playing, but you weren't on the winner's bracket anymore. Consolation... Consolation is the comfort received by a person after a loss or disappointment. So if you're thinking of a, 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 a tournament, right, the consolation prize is, well, here's the comfort you get after losing your, your game. Well, you, you still get to play some more. My guess is it might be more of a comfort to the kids than the parents. Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. I suppose if Simeon was waiting for the comfort that God had promised, it'd be helpful to know exactly 
well, what kind of loss, what kind of disappointment was Israel suffering from? And it doesn't take much, right? You look at the entire Old Testament and you see woven into the fabric of what it meant to be an Israelite and one of God's people was that story about how sin had come into the world and ruined their relationship with God. What would come to mind as an Israelite was all the times that the people of Israel had rebelled against God, had ignored God's commands, had had done their own thing and brought on them God's wrath and anger. What would come to their minds, well, were the promises of God that said God is a just God who was going to punish sin. And so they waited. They also knew the, the promises of God. Promises of God that, would, that said that a Savior was going to come and finally comfort them. It helps us understand the words of Isaiah, right? When he writes in chapter 40, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The Israelites were waiting for God to send that Savior, a Savior who would finally comfort them and take away all of their sins. And God had told Simeon that he was going to be able to see that comfort with his own eyes. I'd be kind of curious just to know when exactly Simeon knew that. Had he been waiting his entire life and now and said, you, God had told him, you aren't going to die until you see this and had been waiting his entire life just to see this, this child and now... Finally, the wait is over and what comes pouring out of his heart on his lips is this song of praise, right? He says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Why peace? Simeon knew that that child in his arms was the one who was going to establish peace between him and his God. He understood and knew that here was the fulfillment of all of God's promises. Here was the one who was going to save his people from their sins. And so he says, Lord, you can now take me to heaven. You can dismiss your servant in peace because my eyes have seen your salvation. My arms have held your salvation. I have seen the fulfillment of your promises with my own eyes. Here is one. Here is the one who is going to take care of that problem of sin and death, who's going to take care of all the times we as a people have rebelled against you. I've seen your salvation with my own eyes. He goes on, which you have prepared in the light in the sight of all nations. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Right? Simeon already knew and understood that this Savior wasn't just for the Israelites, but this Savior was going to be a light in a world that was darkened by sin. He was going to reveal himself to Gentiles so that Gentiles would not only see their sin, but but their Savior. And it would be to the glory of Israel because it was through Israel that the Savior had finally come. 
you can understand Simeon's excitement, right? That here he had been waiting and finally his wait was over. Here in his arms was the Savior. And now the peace that he had experienced in his life simply by trusting in the promises of God was made so much more real that he was able to say, Lord, I am ready. You can dismiss your servant in peace because I've seen your salvation. It's nice to have that peace, isn't it? Or maybe I should ask, do you have that same peace and joy in your heart that Simeon did? It can be hard to keep it. Right? We, we live in a world that, like the Israelites, is filled with heartache and loss and disappointment and discouragement and frustrations. We live lives that are filled with all sorts of pain and loss. I suppose for us as believers, well, not even for us as believers, for all people, the real question becomes, how do you deal with it? As that pain and suffering and hardship and trial and disappointment and loss come into your life, how do you deal with it? Because the world would tell us and, or encourage us that there's ways to deal with it. Right? We can go to counselors. We're told to tell it and share it. We're told not to bottle it up and push it down inside of us. At the same time, some of that pain and loss and disappointment is, is rather close to the heart. And boy, sharing it's really hard. At times, we, we might decide to, to deal with that pain and loss by overeating, overdrinking, overspending. Right? We, we deal with that, that loss by, by doing something that fills us with endorphins and, and makes us feel good for, well, a short amount of time. But we quickly realize it's not something that lasts any sort of real length of time. Right? And, and each one of those things are like things we hold in our arms and we hold up in hopes that this is going to be the answer to our pain and our disappointment only to find out it far, falls far short. When we look for peace and comfort in the wrong places, we're only going to experience more disappointment. Because none of those things are things that ultimately bring peace and joy and comfort to a human heart. None of those things are finally an answer to the pain and suffering and loss and disappointment you and I experience in life. It's why Simeon is a good man of faith, even though he's only mentioned in, what, six verses of the Bible for you and I? Because even though Simeon probably had an entire lifetime of guilt built up, Simeon was still joyful and ready to to go to heaven in peace. 
Why? Because he had seen his salvation. He had been able to hold in his arms the, the Savior who had come to, well, not only to, to, to fix all the, the pain and suffering that we experience in life, but more importantly, to come and fix Simeon's sin. To pay for it so that Simeon would know without a shadow of a doubt that, that heaven was his. Simeon knew those promises of God and knew that, that the child he held in his arms was, was one who was going to do all of that and more, and so he was at peace. He had a, a joy in his heart that expressed itself in, in song. Simeon knew the promises of God about Jesus. Right promises again made clear to us through the prophet Isaiah said, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. The, the me there is talking about the Savior, is talking about the servant of God, that it's a fulfillment of, of Jesus. So Jesus would come, he had sent me, Jesus, to pro, bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. In other words, Simeon knew and understood that the child he held in his arms was the fulfillment of those promises of Isaiah. Here was the one who was going to bind up broken hearts. Here was the one who was going to free people from their captivity to sin. Here was the light of the world who was going to bring his light into the darkness of the world and release prisoners. We see the same thing in the manger, don't we? And maybe we don't get the same privilege as, as Simeon of, of being able to, to physically hold that child in our arms, but in the arms of our faith, we, we hold that same, that same Messiah and say, I've seen with my own eyes the salvation my God has brought for me. Right? A Savior who has come to bro- bind up my broken heart. The Savior who has come to free me from my captivity to sin. The Savior who with his perfect life and death on the cross takes away every last one of those sins and all the guilt that goes with them. It's no wonder why oftentimes after the Lord's Supper we sing the words of the Song of Simeon, right? Lord, You may now dismiss me in peace because my eyes have seen your salvation. I've I've tasted and touched your salvation in a very real way as I received your body and blood. And I know now that my sin is forgiven. And with my sin forgiven and my relationship with you restored, now I have peace. So, the consolation Right? The, the comfort, the encouragement that we have in life, the consolation to loss and disappointment in your life is finally only experienced in your Savior. Because your Savior is the only one who can take all of that loss and disappointment and heal your broken heart. 
He's the only one who's dealt with every last one of your sins. He's the only one who's taken on death head-on and defeated it. He's the only one who ultimately brings any sort of peace and comfort and encouragement to life here on earth. Since Jesus has ascended into heaven, well, the Christian church has, has used the promises of God and well, the, the word of God to say, since we don't know when Jesus is coming back, we should treat each day as our last day. Either because Jesus is going to come back one day or because that day might be the day that Jesus takes us to be with him in heaven, right? Which means each and every day, How do we get the peace Simeon had? So that each and every day I'm able to wake up or go to bed and say, Lord, you can dismiss me now in peace. I have a peace that goes beyond any human understanding because my eyes have seen your salvation. Because our Savior, the light of the world, has enlightened our hearts and our minds to see him and what he has done for us. Simeon's prayer is your prayer, isn't it? And my prayer? Each and every day we can, can go through life at peace because we've seen our salvation. We can join in Simeon and saying, Lord, you may now dismiss your servant in peace because my eyes have seen your salvation, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Amen. And the peace of God, which goes beyond our understanding, will guard and will keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Amen.